Hello? Speaking. Yeah, I'm here now. No, I'm afraid I haven't been able to speak to him directly. Still on holiday, at least from our last correspondence. I'm about to head in now, so... Hmm. Yeah. I understand. All right. Update you soon. Dr. Charles Talbot, recording for Clear Minds, Inc., Outpatient Therapy Division, Internal Records. Date, July 5th, 2022. Dr. Olin's office is... huge. That looks as if two, maybe three rooms were torn down to accommodate it. The ceiling is pretty high as well. Around... two stories total, I'd say. What's more impressive are the bookshelves. They line the walls and wrap around the room. Well, you'd expect a bare wall to be, it's just shelving. How does he get to the books at the top, I wonder? I don't see a ladder anywhere. A storage closet, perhaps? Huh, maybe they're just for show. Not aesthetic, in the very least. Strangely, he has more than one desk. Three total. We have the one on the far wall. That one looks to be the original. It's older, a deep-stained oak. More sturdy-looking than the others as well. The other two are not as impressive. Cheap-looking, painted particle board, and plastic. They are placed without care. Each are about halfway past the threshold. Crooked. Then again, everything seems to be in a state of chaos here. Loose papers and notepads lay scattered, as if thrown about with complete abandon. Aside from the large stained rug, there is a single couch tucked away in the far corner, with a chair sitting opposite of it. If not for the well-trout and narrow path that starts at the door and ends at the couch, I'd have assumed the office might have been broken into. How did he get much less retain patience with this mess. I may be new to the whole people aspect of this job, but based off of this, I would not trust this man with my mental health. Then again, if he wasn't charging them or their insurances... Ugh, anyway, if I am to get this place reopened, I should get started on his files. Right, where would they be? So, Dr. Olin has no system. At least, none I could understand, anyway. The loose paper seems to be a mixture of benign information, book quotes and articles and such. Whereas, the rest of it are personal records. A few of them had what seemed to be a patient's social number. Hmm. I did find a laptop, but it's password protected. I'll have to reach out to Olin about that, among other things. For now, I'll try a box I found under desk number three. <clears throat> Alright. Let's see what we got here. Uh, box is labeled CMX1088AE, whatever that means. Wow. He actually has folders in here. <laughs> I half expected a stack of... You know what? Doesn't matter. 
Okay, first folder, I guess. Not labeled. Great start. Hmm. Seems to be a transcript of a session, at least in part. Oh, maybe that means he recorded his sessions. I'll have to look out for tapes at some point. Let's see. All right. Uh, patient name, Eric Hauser. Transcript as follows. So, just start anywhere? Uh, oh, okay. Okay, so, recently I took a new job. A friend of a friend of a friend type thing. Nothing too exciting. The opposite, really. Data entry. You know those guys that hang out pet stores and, like, random parking lots and stuff? You know, the ones that try to get you to sign a petition or whatever. Yeah, well, I'm the guy in the office somewhere entering those names in, like, seven different spreadsheets. Well, I am... Okay, more like I was the assistant to that guy, which basically means I do whatever's too boring or too tedious for him, so not exactly glamorous. Don't get me wrong, after that whole COVID business, I was grateful to even have a job. Before that, I worked in a grocery store. An essential worker, which got me a whole 25 cent raise for double the work. Like most of us, I'm used to seeing people in public and mass these days. Actually, the office had a corporate rule that masks must be worn at all times, which, to be real with you, Doc, we didn't follow. Don't get me wrong. Whenever the canvassers came in, the people with the clipboards, we did wear them. Most of the day, though, no point, really. There were maybe a total of five people in the office at any given point. Well, okay, we didn't wear them except for one guy. The lead director, in fact, Raymond. Well, you would never catch him without it. A few of us would often take our lunch breaks together. Our office was located near downtown, so there were plenty of places to eat within walking distance. Which is definitely ideal. Parking was a nightmare. Like, I got into the habit of leaving the apartment super early because even at, like, 5.30am, I was walking at least 20 minutes to the office. Where was... Oh, right, sorry. So, Raymond. He never, not once, went with us. I remember that every time I would try my best peer pressure tactics to get him to tag along, which, I want to be clear, Doc, I am very good at peer pressure. Still, even with my very refined skills, his response, no. Just like that. Every time. Same tone, same inflection. No. Like, that has to be on purpose, right? To say no the exact same way every time. Like he just had a recording of the word he'd play each and every time. He'd wait, of course. Near on moving until I'd finished my spiel then. No. Drove me crazy. Behind his desk, always the same blue stripe button down. Dull blue eyes. Not even sure he blinked once. At least he'd stopped typing just as I entered the room. Like, he heard me coming. Had to have. And all at once, he'd stop. 
That's another thing, Doc. He typed so loud. So loud. There were times I could hear that tick-tacking from my office. Always so fast and so loud. <clears throat> my office didn't have a door. Um, none of them did, except for the office entrance, of course. So, the first paycheck I got, I went out and bought myself some headphones. I lost my old ones at the gym a week before starting. I swear, though, even with those, sometimes I could still hear that typing. Look, I'm not trying to talk bad about Raymond or anything. I mean, for all of his little quirks, he seemed decent enough. I mean, he definitely was the hardest worker. He was always the first one in the office and always the last one out. But, well... Okay, so here's the thing, and it's probably nothing, but my office is directly across from the front door. Every day I see the canvassers come in. They have a little morale meeting with one of the directors, and then they head out. I never really go out there. It's not really my job. But like I said before, no door. So I guess if I'm being honest, it kind of just became a ritual of mine. I'd pause whatever I was doing, listen in. They'd clap for whoever got the most signatures the day before. And I'd silently curse, because that meant more work for me. Again, not complaining. Okay, maybe a little bit. But this also meant, however, I got to see them come back. I mean, not all of them, and they didn't all dump themselves through the doors all at the same time. Everyone's got different availabilities, and, well, some days are slower than others. And of course you got those time milkers. Every job has those, I guess. Some people who want to run out the clock. I would bet 20, right here and now, that they were all waiting in their car, stuck in traffic, just to get a little extra money on their check. I suppose that's why Raymond was always last out. He couldn't leave until the last canvasser checked in with him. See, they are supposed to be back by 8pm, but if they're, again, stuck in traffic, it surely couldn't be their fault. So, Raymond was stuck. Just waiting. Perched up in his office for the last lone person. Waiting. <clears throat> I was lucky. The canvassers had to run their signatures by Raymond, and he... Well, I don't know. He probably had to enter them into spreadsheets of his own, right? Eh, either way. They'd be in my box in the morning. I was out of the office at 6pm every day, like clockwork. Um, well, I mean, aside from once. It was near the end of the campaign, and deadlines were fast approaching. I really didn't want to get behind, so I stayed late. Technically, I was off the clock. I know, I know, bad practice. But Eric, you should get paid for your time. Blah blah. But I did it, so it's done. This day, though, I got to see every canvasser return. Not just the few who had to be done by six because of school or whatever. I faintly remember the last one in, looking up seeing, I don't know, Janice, maybe? Anyway, she nodded at me. I do remember that wide, shit-eating grin. Well, that and... I know this sounds crazy, but 
I heard Raymond's typing. Janice did too. It seemed to surprise her, because it wasn't just loud, it was responsive. Like, the way he typed somehow seemed excited. Like there was this weird anticipation behind it, and I know that's impossible. That's crazy, right? Anyway, she, she disappeared from my view and into his office, and I went back to work. God, it must have been 10 p.m. when I looked at my phone. My eyes, I'm sure they went wide. I packed up quickly and started to make my way to Raymond's office. I was ready to apologize as many times as it took. Why didn't he come get me? I remember thinking exactly that. Then another thought hit me. Did Janice leave? I mean, I, I could have missed her. I was pretty wrapped up in my work, and I had my headphones. Yeah, yeah, I must have just missed her. But why was my heart pounding so hard? Why did my legs turn into both jelly and lead at the same time? I rounded the corner and just stood there in the doorway. It was dark. His lights were off, and there he sat. Same as always, unmoving hands resting on his keyboard, dull blue eyes peeking over his laptop. I mean, at least I assumed as much. His laptop was off. There wasn't that computer white light coming from it. I knocked on the doorframe. Maybe he just fell asleep. Raymond? I remember calling out. It's... it's Eric. He didn't respond. He just started typing. Slowly at first. Slowest I ever heard him type, to be honest, but no. No, that that couldn't be right. His computer was off, remember? I mentioned that. His computer was off, Doc. So how... Why was he typing? I slowly scanned the room and I saw nothing but shadow and vague shapes of office supplies until my eyes drifted upward. Subtle. Ever so subtle. Something moved. Just a little and deep in the shadow, but something moved. I froze for a long moment, and then I ran. I'm not proud to admit it. I ran out of that office, down the road, and I didn't stop until I reached my car. It took me another 30 minutes for my hands to stop shaking, and I remember trying to cheer myself up. Maybe I'll get paid for sitting in my car, I thought. I really thought about just not going back. I really did. The more I sat with it, the more I became convinced that I had to be imagining it. I mean, I worked like 15 hours, been up longer. Raymond was probably just angry, and the rest was my fatigued mind, creating a nightmare while I was still awake. Yeah, that was it. It had to be. Except, I noticed something. I didn't get any more signatures from Janice after that. 
Over the course of the next few weeks, we kept losing canvassers. I mean, that was kind of expected. From what I've heard, it, that's a common thing at the end of a campaign. But it was always the milkers, the ones who like to run up the clock. On my very last day, I was wrapping up and just about to head out when I heard it. The tick-tacking of typing. Eric, Raymond called. I froze. Still no idea why. Something about how my name was being called. Eric, he repeats, but not louder. It was like his no. I mean, it was exactly the same. Like pre-recorded. Eric, for the third time, and for the third time, it was exactly the same. I don't know. Call me a coward, but I ran again. Why did I do that, Doc? I mean, I'm sure I'm just being paranoid, right? He probably wanted to say goodbye, or wish me luck, or thank me for working so hard, right? And you know what? I'm, I'm pretty sure I could have convinced myself of that. And you see, this is where I need you, Doc. A few days later, when a new business was moving into the office, they found him, Raymond, just sitting at his desk, apparently, and get this, dead for months. Something was in a system, something that slowed or, I don't know, halted decomposition. Does something like that exist? Look, Doc, I need you to tell me I'm crazy. That I'm paranoid, or seeing, or hearing things, because, because, Doc, I, I hear typing when I try to go to bed. That. <clears throat> That is where the transcript ends. Uh, I'm not seeing any other notes from Dr. Olin on this patient quote-unquote file, although he did attach some research. Newspaper clippings. Is this a police report? Hmm. It would seem Eric Hauser wasn't completely delusional. According to this, one Raymond Richards did indeed die in his office with some unknown chemical in a system. Case didn't seem to get solved. Shame. Mr. Hauser definitely shows early signs of, I don't know, paranoid delusions, maybe? Either way, not too shocking, sadly. COVID was rough on a lot of people. That, and add the stress of a new job, his boss's death could have been a catalyst of sorts. Which leads me to th wait. What? What time is it? Oh, it's already dark out, but... It was just... No. I must have spent a longer search in his office than I thought. Looks like Mr. Hauser won't be alone in pulling long days, and possibly nights. I'm gonna have to reach out to clear minds. This is more work than I was led to believe. Perhaps they can send me an assistant. 
or in the very least, allow me to hire one. For now, I think I'll call it a night. This episode of The Patient Files was written and voiced by Christopher George. This podcast is a passion project with much more to come, including additional voice actors, editors, a Patreon with bonus content, and so much more. All these things take time and money to get started, time being especially difficult. As we look forward to more diverse content, it would be a huge help if you could tell your friends, and their friends, about The Patient Files which can be found wherever you find podcasts. Until next time, stay safe and stay sane.